Okay, we're going to start here on the top of Pehei Yom Aleph, just to go over what we saw so far yesterday. And just a reminder, so far we're following Shita Rashi, point out that what is unique or what is particular to Shita Rashi, and in doing so, we'll show how other Rishonim look at this slightly differently. Throughout the sugya, we're going to follow Shita Rashi. Just first of all, we have some of the pictures on the daf itself. And for ease, we'll follow that shita. But I will try to point out to you where there are alternatives to Rashi shita and what drives those alternatives. We saw yesterday in the Mishnah, Mishnah that is similarly found in Masechet Kilayim Pergimo Mishnah Aleph, that you're allowed to plant five different species within an area, an arugav, six by six fachim. The Gemara, or the Mishnah, brings a proof to that from the Pasuk in Yishayahu, a hint that you can have five different minim within that area. The area of six by six tfachim, the Gemara says, Kim Luhu the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon had a Mesorah of some sort, that that was the case of six by six tfachim. That's what we're going to take up when we start today, that that six by six tfachim, where does it derive for? Where do the Chachamim have such knowledge that that is true? Now, as far as what we saw in Rashi so far, those five different species are going to Rashi are distributed. You can see the picture in Rashi himself on the edges, the four edges of the square, plus one in the center, plus the dot in the center. Now, Rashi is driven by two factors. One factor is that Rashi believes that you need three tfachim of yinika, shir yinika, the space between two species so that they do not draw from each other who do not look like there be erbuvia that are mixed together, is a minimum of three tfachim. That is, one and a half tfachim for each of the species that you plant, or types of vegetation that you plant. That's number one. Rashi differs from many of the other Rishonim in that belief, because many of the other Rishonim believe you only need one and a half tfachim. You need shirinika. Shirinika is one and a half tfachim. So they believe you need one and a half tfachim between the two species. Rashi believes that you need one and a half tfachim for each species, so therefore you end up with a three tfachim gap. And that's what Rashi was explaining. We spoke about this yesterday. The fact that the square is six by six is somewhat defined by that, that you need that three tfachim space between them, the shirinika between them, even though it includes the space of the vegetation itself. The number two thing is something called Rosh Tor. Rosh Tor, which is only we're going to bump into again in today's sugya, is that if you have two fields that somehow are either perpendicular or they are adjacent in some way, you can have them come all the way up against each other as long as they do not come to a head together in a parallel way, in a parallel line. For whatever reason, you can have a point, a for top of a triangle, a point that ends up of one field, that enters into the other field, that is not considered to be a problem of Ruvia of getting mixed up, because it's clear that the two areas are defined separately. Rashi utilized that in terms of the corners. Of the corners of the square that we leave empty, <coughs> Rashi says, okay, that's fine, because it's clear in the direction that you plant. It's the, some of the plantings are running horizontal, the others are running vertically, and when they meet in the corners, even though they leave the corners empty, you see that it's clear that those are different rows or belong to different vegetation. Now Rashi believes that you can't use this concept of Rosh Tor within the patch itself. And that's why in Rashi's picture you can see this. Rashi has the middle piece being planted simply as a one unit in the middle. One plant that he has in the middle. 
Other Rishonim, like the Rambam, for instance, believe that you can utilize this Rosh Tor within the Aruga, and therefore the Rambam will come out with an area that is significantly more planted. You can hear, see here, i just show you a picture of the sheet of the Rambam. The Rambam is found in Perish Mishnayot. You can see that the Rambam, as opposed to Rashi, has the center filled in with a diamond. The entire center is filled in because, again, he believes that you can use this Rosh Tor. See how the point is adjacent to those lines that are around the side. So because of that, the Rambam is able to fill in a significant larger area within the 6x6 Tvachim. It's actually here, it's 24 square Tvachim within the 6x6 space. Rashi, because he doesn't allow for this Rosh Tor within, only can plant a single unit in the middle, like you see in pictures in the Gemara. That's an important distinction between Rashi and the other Rishonim, and has Nafkamino throughout the Sugyo and understanding what's transpiring during, in the Sugyo. All right, now, the, on the second line on Pehei Amur Aleph, the Gemara says, Where did the Rabbanon ever get such knowledge that you could plant five different species within six by six Tvachim? This is not an area of expertise that belongs to the Chachamim. They are not agrarians, they do not uh, work the fields, and they do not have this type of expertise. So where are they drawing such expertise from? That's one thing if they darshan it from the psukim. So one thing, if they have a misora from Moshe Misinai. But l- l- lacking either of those two, where are they deriving such information or such knowledge from? What is meant by the pasuk of Lota Sigavul Reacha Asher Gavlu Rishonim? Over here, the isu or the pashtut pasuk has to do with boundaries, that you shouldn't overstep, move, change the boundaries that were set up originally. Gvul shigavlu rishonim lotasig. The borders that the rishonim put in place, don't change them. And as Rashi points out over here, the borders is a play on what we just discussed, that you plant the borders of the patch that's six by six tvachim. So that's what the Gemara is referencing. Don't violate the protocol that was set out in planting the six by six tvachim patch set by as a standard by the Rishonim. My Gavlu Rishonim. What are the borders? What were the information that they had from the Rishonim that you're not supposed to change, you're not supposed to move? Amar Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani, Amar Rabbi Yonatan, Dichtiv, or it's Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Dichtiv, Eile Bnei Seir Achori, Yoshveha Aretz. So now the Gemara plays on this and says, wait a minute, how could it be that the Bnei Seir Achori are Yoshveha Aretz? They live in the land. Ata Kuli Amu the rest of the world lives in the sky? I mean, what does that mean, Yoshveha Aretz? Of course they're living on the land. Where else would they live? Ela Shayu Bikim they were experts in settling the land. Now, we're talking about settling the land doesn't mean living on the land, but rather they knew what to cultivate, how to use the land. That this area, this strip is good for olives. This strip is good for for grape farms. And this area is good for Figs. Rashi says that the kane is a measuring stick, a way to lay out the seating. And they're saying that you should use this area for this, this area for that, this area for this. They knew. So now, how do they know that? So they put, Mara now darshans that entire puzzle. Their Yoshvea Aretz means that they know the land. They live off the land. They really know the land. Vichori. So where does the word chori come? Shmirichim et Aretz. 
They smell the dirt. They smell the land. And they know exactly what to plant there. V'chivi. What's the chivi? Amrav Papa Shayu Toamimet Aretz Pichivya. They used to taste the dirt, the ground, like a snake who eats the dirt of the ground, and they know exactly what to plant there. Chori is because they were freed of all their possessions, meaning that they were disenfranchised, disinherited, because the Seir, Esav, and his horde come and displace the Chori. When they take over Har Seir in that area, they displace the Chori who lived there beforehand. That's so there was a, I don't know if it's Pashup Shad at all, they're called the Chori. They're just playing on the name itself. So that information that the Chachamim had, where does it derive from? And this is the answer. There were these individuals who had this type of expertise, and the Chachamim had the information from these types of individuals. So the Chachamim were able to garner such knowledge about exactly the spread or the location or how much room you need to plant these five species, and not have them be yonei, one from the other, and that's why we have this five within an area of six by six tfachim. So that's the answer of the Gemara. Right. That is in terms of the drasha that we have from the psukim, but what we learn from that is that they had this type of expertise in the land and in understanding the vegetation, all those types of pieces of information that the Chachamim would need, that was known to these individuals, and the Chachamim got it from them, from these types of individuals who had that type of expertise. So don't be surprised, that's how the Rabbana know this type of information. Now the Gemara continues and says, Amar Ravasi, Aruga Tocha Vav, Chutz Migvuleha. That when we say the patch is six by six Tfachim, that excludes its border or its boundary. Tanea nami hoki. We have a brighta that supports the understanding. Aruga tocha shisha. That the aruga tocha, the inside, is six by six tfachim. That means that there's a border around this patch that makes it bigger than six by six tfachim. And that the Gemara asks, Vuleha bekama. What is that boundary or border that sits around this patch? Again, in a second, it will become obvious why we need to know this information. It's width is the width of a foot. My time with Rabbi Yehuda. Where did Rabbi Yehuda know that that's the case, that the boundary of the garden patch is the width of a foot? That you will feed it, water the field. So the Ganayarak is a vegetation patch. And what do you do? You give it to drink. You water it. How do you water it? With your feet. The hint or the play on the pasuk is that the boundary with which you walk around the field in order to water it is is your foot. So the width of a foot is what you need around the garden patch in order to be the boundary around it. Just like width of the foot is a tefach wide, so too the border that sits around the patch is a tefach wide. So in the end, if you take the patch plus its border, it's really 8 by 8 tefachim. You have the 6 by 6 internal, and then you have a tefach boundary that goes around it that makes it now 8 by eight tfachim. Mary says, Vahamarav Aruga Bikurva Shaninu. Rav says that which was spoken about in our Mishnah 
is talking about a patch in isolation. Chorva means in a desolated area, a place where there is destruction. But the basic meaning, or what Ram is pointing out, is that you're looking at this in isolation. You're not looking at a large field full of these garden patches. You're looking at a single garden patch. The reason should be obvious, which is because if you were to juxtapose the two garden patches, if you plant the entire border of one patch and the border on the other side, you're basically going to end up with the patches right up against each other, which is going to prove to be problematic. So therefore, Rav says, whatever our Mishnah said about planting these five species around a six by six Aruga is talking about an aruga in isolation. But the Gemara says, wait a minute. Vaika makom keranot. There is a way to do the same thing without running into a problem. Again, here there's a machloket rishonim, exactly what it means. Vaika makom keranot. We're going to follow Rashi. You can see the picture in Rashi about what is vaika makom keranot. Instead of planting the entire side upon which you have the four edges of each patch, what you can do is you can only plant you can plant half of that side. Instead of taking the entire strip of the edges of the square, on each side of the square plant half of it. Now once you do that, when you put the next patch next to it, what ends up happening is that you have the two halves that are not parallel. They do not line up. And you can see that in the picture in Rashi, that the two halves that you plant, since on the northern side, let's say, you plant the eastern side of the northern patch, and on the southern side you plant the western half of it. And so when you put those two patches together, they have areas that are planted that are not going to be parallel or adjacent because of that. And that's what the Gemara says. Why do you have to come to Rav's conclusion that we are in isolation here? You could create a scenario. It's not exactly like the way we had it before, but it basically has a very similar layout to that which we described in the Mishnah. And you could then juxtapose the patches. You could have patches surrounding this entire aruga and not have a problem whatsoever. Meaning the... Right, right. At least according to Rashi, that has to be the case, because Rashi requires three tefachim between them. You only have two tefachim with the borders that are there, according to Rashi. So that's the, exactly the issue, is that you don't have enough space to separate them. So here you have that picture, you can see the nine patches that you have in Rashi, that says the Malcolm Kranot, and you can see that they laid it out in a way that you don't have that adjacency. Anywhere you do have an adjacency, which is in some of the corners, the patches are coming in at different directions. One's coming in on the vertical and one is coming in on the horizontal, so that we said before is not problematic because of the way or the nature in which they are planted. So that's the Gemara's question. So Amrei Beirav Mishmedirav Bimamalei Etakranot. The answer is that he's filling in the corners. So Rav is going to set up the Mishnah in a case where the corners are not left free. So when you don't leave the corners free, you can't have this adjacency of the patches. You can see in the picture that Rashi has a crude picture down on the bottom there, the bottom left about what he thinks is Vaika Makom Kranot, that he fills in the area of the Kranot. Truthfully, just the way we had it before would have been sufficient to see that, because if you have the edges, if you fill in most of the side, you can have a problem of the adjacency of the patches. So all that Rav says is, the Gemara says, we can have adjacency of patches, 
If you don't fill in the edges, I mean, you only use 50% of each side of the square patch. The Gemara's answer, or Rob's answer basically is, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that you're still using the corners, or you're still using the edges. And if you do that, you can to bring an adjacency of the patches together, because you're going to have a problem of them overlapping. You're going to have edges that overlap. So then the Gemara says, Vilizra me'evrai, velolimle migavai. So then he says, why don't you plant on the outside and do not fill in the inside? Why is it that Rav has to isolate this patch here? Why can't it be that he has it plant the outsides and don't fill in the insides? So the Gemara says, Gzeiro Shema Yimalei Takranot. The problem here or the issue that we have is that he might fill in the corners. Meaning that you do have solutions. You have a possibility to solve the problem and to only plant the outside, leave the inner pieces open or to do something that allows for the adjacency of the patches. If you look in the Hagota Bach in Ot Aleph, and those that have a traditional Gemara that's on the left side towards the bottom, you can see in the Hagota Bach that in that first picture that he has those five squares there, He's showing you, you plant the edges, but you don't plant the corners. And therefore, you can make those patches adjacent to the centerpiece that is planted all around. Remember, I've said that we don't leave out the corners. We plant the entire side. Right. So in the description that the Bach has here, is that when you have these other patches around, the inner patch, you will plant like we originally thought. The inner patch you plant completely like we thought, without any changes. The edges and the center. The outer patches, instead of planting them the same way you planted the middle one, you'll only plant the edge, not the corners, you'll just plant the outside, the middle sections of each side. By doing that, then you can put them together adjacent to the center patch without having a problem. The Gemara's answer is, we're worried about Gzemra Shema Yimaleta Kranot. Maybe he'll fill in the corners. In this scenario, what you're asking the individual to do, is plant the center patch in a certain way, and then to differ the way he plants the additional patches around this. That we're not confident in. We are confident that if we tell him to plant the patches the exact same way each time, that he'll do that. He'll replicate whatever he does, and you won't have a problem. That was the suggestion of Vaika Makom Kranot, that picture in Rashi with the nine squares. That we can make it. If he plants the exact same way, that we can rely on him to do. What you can't rely on him to do is take the center piece, plant it the way that we are suggesting, then take the outer patches and plant them differently so you don't end up with adjacencies. That is right. Already too much to ask for, too confusing, or he might just replicate what he did in the middle. As soon as he does that, you're in trouble. So therefore, we don't want to allow that. So the Gemara says, okay, let it be. Let him do that. Even if he makes a mistake. He says, even if he makes a mistake and plants out the corner, how bad is that? Because even if you plant them all around, the adjacency that you have should be like a Rosh Tor Yerek. This is what we discussed before. This has to do with a field that is filled with vegetation. And we have Milot Zanan. We have a Mishnah in Kilayim. Same parak, very Gimel, Mishnah Gimel. That Haya Rosh Tor Yerek, Nichnas Betoch Sadeh Acher, Mutar, Nipnei Shinereh of Sadeh. You can see in Rashi, Rashi has that triangle that we discussed. If one field comes into a point of another field, that is not considered to be an adjacency. So therefore, if that's the case, even if you plant it out, like Rav suggests, if you plant all around 
you still won't have that problem of real adjacency because the parts that are coming together or joining together are coming together at an angle. And if they're coming together at an angle of some sort, that is Rosh Tor. And that Rosh Tor would solve our problem of allowing all the patches to be the same all around. Even if he makes a mistake and plants the corners, it wouldn't be so bad because the adjacency or the juxtaposition of those patches would not be in a way where they're exactly parallel or where they're coming together and it looks like a single field. They're still differentiated patches and wherever there's the adjacency or parallel, they come together like points. So now the answer of the Gemara is, Ein Rosh Tor Ba'aruga. There is no such thing as a Rosh Tor in Aruga. This was the second thing that I said drove Rashi Shita, is that there is no such thing as a Rosh Tor in Aruga. Now how definitive this statement is makes a difference here. Shmuel is about to disagree with Rav, and he believes that there is such a thing as a Rosh Tor Ba'aruga. So now when you look at the other Shitot here, you have to ask the question about when we say there's Rosh Tor, are they talking within Rav? Or are they talking within Shmuel? That's the first question you have to ask. The second thing you have to ask is, how far do we take this? When we say, Ein Rosh Tor Ba'aruga, so as Rashi says here, Ein Torat Heter Rosh Tor Ma'aruga La'aruga, Elo Misteg Dola Alatoch Aruga, O Mi'aruga Alatoch Steg Dola, O Misteg Dola Alatoch Steg Dola, Al Rosh Shtei Arugot Lo'avi Heker, Lo'domek Yilu Ein Achat, V'luchashim V'kochad Ba'apei Nafshe. Rashi says, the only way to utilize Rosh Tor is when it involves a sadeh, a field, a whole field. That can be two different fields. It can be a patch, a garden patch adjacent to a field, a field adjacent to a garden patch, or two fields that are adjacent. But it has to be something large enough that is defined that is a separate entity. And therefore, when they come close to adjacency that comes to a point, over there we're going to say that it's clear that they're different. What Rashi claims is that when you take two garden patches and you have such an adjacency, all garden patches, when you do that, they just look like one big patch. Instead of looking like separate patches of 6x6 tfachim, just like one big patch of 12x12. This type of adjacency doesn't work when you're talking about small areas or small patches. Because that definition that's given to a larger field, and you can see the clear definition of the point that's coming in in the field, that's true when you're dealing with large swaths of area. Deal with a very small patch, you can't see that definition. That's what Rashi says. Other Rishonim will disagree and say that that applies. But when we say in Rosh Tor, Baruga, that's true when you're talking about maybe adjacency of patches. But within a single patch itself, then you could still utilize this Rosh Tor. Question of when the Gemara here says, in Rosh Tor, Baruga, how far do you take that? Rashi takes it to the extreme or the end, which is that by Aruga, we're never going to invoke this principle whether it's internally to a single patch or between patches. Many of the other Yishonim see it only between patches, but internally in a single patch, you can still use this concept of Rosh Tor. Right, that'll be a patch. The Aruga is a 6x6 Tfachim, but obviously you can have larger patches than that. That's the minimum Shir, or the basic Shir of an Aruga. Right now, Shmuel comes along and disagrees with Rav's position entirely. Shmuel Armar, Aruga, Ben Arugot Shaninu. That which is said in our Mishnah, is not just a single isolated patch. It's true about a patch amongst other patches. Shmuel is not limiting what we said to a single patch and saying, yes, we can have this adjacency disregarded or discarded by Rav. How do you do this? 
Wait a minute. Don't they get mixed up? Don't they get confused? Aren't you going to have this problem of overlap? So the answer is, He plants a row here and a row there. Rashi makes this easy. Rashi says, Shmuel's answer is the Gemara's question on Rav before. So when we said, Before, don't you have the corners before? And you have that picture in Rashi of the nine squares that you're able to make them adjacent. That is Shita Shmuel according to Rashi. You plant a Shuramikan and a Shuramikan. On the northern side, you plant the eastern half. On the southern side, you plant the western half. So when you bring the, the patches in adjacency, nothing is exactly opposite each other. The same way that Rashi said, before the question of the Gemara Rav, that is Shmuel's position. Shmuel's position is, that's right. That's exactly what, what you asked on Rav. That's exactly what we're going to do. And you can see that, again, that picture that Rashi said on the Yomud Aleph, that's exactly what Shmuel is thinking. In Eretz Yisrael, they had this question. If you run a strip, a planted strip, is a furrow's length. If you take a furrow's length and plant straight across it, what is the din? The mixture or whatever is in the patch ruins that row. Some have the girsa of Rav Ashi over here, which will help with the question later on, because the question is going to be posed to Rav Ashi. The patch does not ruin that single row. And we'll get explain this in a second. Eitivate, Ravina the Ravashi. Ravina challenge Ravashi's understanding here. Anoteya, shte shurot shel kishuim, shte shurot shel diluim, shte shurot shel pulad mitzri. If you plant two rows of, let's call it, gourd zucchini, shte shurot shel diluim, two rows of pumpkin, something in that larger gourd family, shte shurot shel pulad mitzri, two rows of the Egyptian bean, Mutar. That is considered to be fine. Shurachat shel kishuim, vishurachat shel diluim, vishurachat shel pulamitri, asur. So if you have a field, a large field, and you plow along the field, you plow the furrows, you plow the rows. So then you plant rows of different vegetation in the field. If you plant two rows of each species or type, that is fine. Because when you plant two rows of a species, that gives definition to that species. And then when you go ahead and you plant the next two rows with the different species, it's clear that there is some sort of differentiation that is taking place over here. It's clear that you're not mixing and matching. On the other hand, if you plant a single row, and then you plant another species of a single row, single row, single row, what it looks like you did was plant Birbuvia. Looks like you just planted and all mixed together. But what you see from here is that there's a big difference between one row and two rows. When you have two rows, you have a defined field. On the other hand, if you plant a single row, then if you were to plant around that single row, that single row has no definition. It's not defined as a field. doesn't have definition. And that's basically the question that's being posed here. We asked the question, if you have a single row of something planted, does that ruin the ability to use an aruga? Does that change the definition of the patch that is there? So the question is, you have this row that runs through right through the middle of this garden patch. Is the fact that it's in a furrow, 
keep it separate or segregated enough that the patch, the 6 by 6 Tvachim, is still intact. This doesn't ruin the fact that you can put it on the sides, and this doesn't impact the 6 by 6 Tvachim, the normal layout of the 6 by 6 Tvachim. Or, do we say that it is impacted? This row ruins it. It's a bruvia, it's a mix, it's a mess. And you can't have the normal principles that are laid out for a patch that's 6 by 6 Tvachim. Well, the answer is, or I mean, we had a machloket. One answer was yes, one answer was no. The challenge to the answer that said no. question on Ravasi or Ravashi is, you see here from this Mishnah, that one row is considered to be Urbuvya. It's considered to be a mix, considered to be a problem. And it doesn't have a defined or distinct presence, and would not be considered separate from the 6 by 6 Tvachim. One row doesn't define a field. And if you're planting a patch in there, you're really not planting into something that is already defined. That row just becomes a part of whatever you've planted there. It's not defined separately. Only once you reach two rows do you find it as something separate. And that's the challenge to the position of Ravasi or Ravashi. So then the Gemara answers, Shani Ocha, Deika, Saracha, Sricha, whatever the proper pronunciation is, we are dealing with a specific or unique type of vegetation over here. The examples that were brought are Kishuim, Diluim, anybody who's been out to fields and seen the gourds, zucchinis planted, they are a plant that has extremely large leaves, something that grows on the ground and spreads. So therefore, when you're talking about what's mentioned in this Mishnah, that Mishnah that says that two rows are defined, one row does not have definition, is because of the leaves, because of the spread of this type of vegetation. It may not be true by other types of vegetation. By other types of vegetation, it might be enough. You could have one row, one row, one row of vegetation, and it would be totally fine. They would not be considered erbuvia. <laughs> they would not be considered mixed up because those that they have narrower rows, narrower leaves. They don't take up as much space. So if you plant a single row and then another single row, they would look separate. They wouldn't look like they were mixed together. The problem is that you're talking about gourds and zucchinis. You plant one row of zucchini, one row of gourd, the leaves are so big they spread, it looks like just everything's planted on top of each other. Right, the vines spread out, the sides of the leaves, right, they are spread. The challenge that is brought is now dismissed because that challenge from the Mishnah was talking about very specific types of species of the planted, you can't make this a broad uh, position that is a question. Amar Rav Kahana Rabbi Yochanan Harotzeh kol ginato yerek Someone who wants to maximize the amount of planted space within his garden there. Right, so Oseh Aruga Shisha Al Shisha Obviously we're talking about again the patch of 6 by 6 How do I maximize the planted space in there? So, Ogel Ba Chamisha. You, well here it's inscribe, a circle that is five Tfachim in diameter. So you take a patch that is six by six Tfachim, and inside of it you inscribe a circle that is five Tfachim in diameter. Once you've done that, you now have leftover space on the outer edges of a half Tefach. You have a half Tefach on every edge that is left over besides this circle. And then what you do is, that circle, you plant completely. You plant an entire circle that has a diameter of five tefachim, you plant it completely. Then, and then you plant in the corners as you please. 
The way Rashi defines the corners, corners doesn't literally mean the corners, it means the edges. So Rashi, you can see, yeah, Rashi has the circle, and then he plants the outer edges along the sides, you plant entirely. So it's, right, it's clearly defined, because of the way that it's planted, it's very, it defines separately. So Sophot, on the other hand, takes it literally and says, you plant the corners, you have the circle, and you plant the for corners, you can see it has a rough image of that. So you can see in the Tosafot, but you have the center circle and then the corners that you plant out according to Tosafot. So that is how you maximize the planted space within the patch. Where it says, Vayika Debeni Beni. Wait a minute. Don't you have the middle space? When Rabbi Yochanan over here says, that you want to fill the entire patch. It says here, Rotzel Amalot, Kol Ginato Yerik. Wants to fill the entire patch. That's not true. You have empty space. The space here, according to Rashi, the space is in the corners of the circle. According to Tosafot, it's in the middle areas of the circle. You have empty space that's not planted. So how could you say that that's the maximize? Amir Bey Rabbi Anai, Bemachriv Ben Abeinayim. That he leaves over the space in that Beinayim. So when he said, Lemalot, he didn't literally mean fill the entire patch. Means what's plausible to fill within the patch without running into problems. Right, so maximize the planted space here, as the way I said it originally, even though the Gemara takes it much more literally, which is the malot means to fill. Over here, the meaning of fill means to maximize space without running into a problem. Otherwise, the other possibility, Ravashi Amar, Mayazrim Sheti, Zuran Erev. Erev Zuran Sheti. No, you couldn't do this. You want to maximize the space? Just plant in different directions. Even that empty space, you could fill in and plant by planting the empty space in a different direction than the, for the circle or the sides that are around it. By filling in the empty space and planting it in a different direction, we said before that if you plant some things vertically, some things horizontally, that already defines them as separate patches. So that you could even plant this empty space by simply planting them in different directions. Ravashi. Avudat Yerek Yerek Acher Shisha Vachim Veroim Otam Kitavla Mirubat. So now we have something called the definition of a working space of a Yerek. Avudat Yerek, what is the working space of a Yerek? Six Tvachim, as Rashi says, like the six six by six Tvachim that we talked about until now. But Bitavla Mirubat. When we are talking about a patch, we're talking about a squared patch. We're not talking about circles. Wait a minute. If you're going to tell me the definition of these patches is a square patch, circles are not defined as patches. If that's the case, this won't work. You can't plant in a circle to solve your problems because that's not defined as a patch of Yerek. Yerek has to be defined in a square. has to come to 90 degree angles. In order to be defined as a patch or an area, you have to do it in a way that gives it definition. Definition means you have right angles there. Circles are not definition of a patch. And therefore it's not considered to be separate when you plant in a circle. That's at least the Gemara's premise over here now. Gemara says, no. Over there, no, no, no. The squaring out of the patch is not what you thought. The squaring out of the patch is not to tell you that the only way you can define a separate patch is having a square or something with 90 degree angles. A circle can be a patch as well. Why did there it say you need to have it at the square? The square comes to teach you the din of Rosh Tor. Rosh Tor is that when it meets 
another field, if you want it to be defined separately when it means a different field, you have to have it come to a 90 degree point. That 90 degree point will define it separately from the field that it is adjacent to. So the tavla, or the squaring out, is giving definition to a patch that is adjacent to a field, for instance. In its adjacency to the field, it has to come to a point of 90 degrees in order for it to be clearly defined separately from the field that is there. So that is the ikula that we're speaking about that allows you to bring a patch adjacent to a field, but not telling you that a patch can only be defined as a square. A patch can even be a circle. And that's the statement that we have from Rabbi Yochanan, that you can plant a patch as a circle without having any issue, without having any problems. Alright, but that again has to do, as you see here, that's the kula is for Rosh Tor going into a Sadeh. Uh, when you want to, right, when you want a patch to find that's coming into a Sadeh, there you need it to come to a 90 degree, there you need it to be a Tavla. But not necessarily, right, the Aruga, internally with the Aruga, you can still define, that's what the answer is. The answer is you can't have vegetable patches that are defined separately. It's just a question of when you come into a larger field or a larger area, you want to have it defined separately, there you need to come in as a square or a 90 degree angle. So you can explain that in one of two ways. One reason is that Rabbi Yochanan does not subscribe to Rav's position. And he believes you can have a Rosh Tor inside of an Aruga. And because of that, you can have the Rosh Tor in the Aruga and a Rosh Tor that's an Aruga facing some other item. It's just that they're defined differently. The one inside or internal a circle is sufficient to be classified as a Rosh Tor. But from a Aruga to a Sadeh, there you need the 90 degree angle. That's one possibility. The other possibility is that Rabbi Yochanan does hold like Rav. And there is no such thing as a Rosh Tor in an Aruga. But not like Rashi, like the other Rishonim who say what it means that you don't have a Rosh Tor by Aruga means... You don't have Rosh Tor of Aruga when it relates to other Arugot, but internally, inside of that Aruga, you can have Rosh Tor. And that Rosh Tor, again, will be defined here. A circle will be sufficient. The 90 degree angle to get to Rosh Tor, that's when you have a reference between an Aruga and a Sadeh, when you're dealing with outside of the patch itself. Okay, we'll stop over here.